This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's a joke, right? I mean, nobody would be that stupid. Then I remembered that Joe Biden is president. He's adept at doing dopey things. That was my first impression when I heard that Biden and his minions were creating a disinformation governance board. It's more than ironic that DGB sounds like KGB. This new dystopian board has been roundly lampooned as a ministry of truth, reminiscent of the two Josephs, Goebbels and Stalin, that is. And that's an apt comparison. The Nazis and the Soviets relied on scurrilous propaganda to reinforce their power as they shuttered free speech and subjugated their people with ruthless force. If Joe Biden thinks he can do the same, well, he's more delusional and inept than I ever thought. To make matters worse, if that's even possible, a notorious wackadoodle was selected to be the czar of the DGB. Do a quick internet search of Nina Jankowitz. You'll find a constellation of head-banging tweets and videos, her Mary Poppins song fest about disinformation posted on TikTok is so cringy, it'll make you hurl into the nearest wastebasket. Jankowitz isn't remotely qualified to run even a popcorn stand. Yet under the guise of battling disinformation, this self-appointed expert on truth will be telling us what to read, watch, and think. She's not a truth expert. She's an embarrassing caricature. She's a carnival barker who has managed to carve out this bizarre career advocating public and private censorship. She claims that free speech marginalizes women and communities of color. She really said that. I mean, this is the same person who relentlessly labeled the Hunter Biden laptop story as a fairy tale and a, quote, Trump campaign product of misinformation. Turns out it was not. She called Christopher Steele, the ex-British spy who helped fabricate the Russia collusion hoax. She called Steele a great historian on the evolution of disinformation. She promoted his phony anti-Trump dossier, which turned out to be a collection of incendiary lies. That's Jenkowitz. You get the picture. She will condemn an accurate story as fraudulent 
if it hurts Democrats, but she'll extol a lie if it damages Republicans. She's a hyper-partisan who behaves as the sworn enemy of free speech and diverse opinions. Given her own record of spreading disinformation, she should target herself first. But she won't. Funding a free speech overlord, which is what she is, is how your hard-earned taxpayer dollars will be spent. Tread carefully. You'll be attacked if you dare speak ill of Joe Biden or disagree with his progressive policies. You'll be silenced and accused of spreading misinformation. So welcome, everyone, to our new Ministry of Truth. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author, this is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Watching the news, seeing the horrors around our nation and beyond, the suffering in Ukraine, those left behind in Afghanistan, and here at home, parents trying to feed their kids and fill their gas tanks. Well, I have a warning for you. Inflation and tax hikes are Biden's only way out of our $28 trillion federal debt. If you want to protect your hard-earned money, your IRA, your 401k or savings, you can do that with physical gold and silver. Call now, 855-665-0767 to get your free gold IRA kit. That's right. Call 855-665-0767 and my friends at Gold Co. will give you up to $15,000 or more in free silver with a qualified account. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and tax hikes and the uncertainty of this economy. Protect yourself and your family. Call 855 665 0767 now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. What is true and what is false? Henceforth, the government will operate as the quintessential fact checker. But what if the fact checkers are hopelessly biased? Who will check them? No one, if Joe Biden gets his way. And if you try, you'll probably get banned or banished We don't know quite yet. What we do know is that the liberal elites are in full meltdown over Twitter's takeover by billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk. To his credit, he has promised to end the shadow banning of conservatives, block the secretly punitive algorithms that favor liberals, halt politically motivated censorship, and remake the social media giant into a haven for freedom of expression and diverse content. In other words, Musk intends to level the playing field. No wonder the far left has its knickers in a bunch. With Biden's presidency a smoldering wreckage, and with Democrats facing a tsunami of opposition in the midterm elections, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has devised a way to stifle dissent. With Biden's blessing, he intends to conflate legitimate criticism with disinformation. They'll be one and the same. They're not remotely the same. 
no matter. Mayorkas himself was a pro at peddling easily disprovable deceptions, will be in charge. What's one more deception? You would think that a guy who's in charge of solving the border crisis that has grown exponentially worse under his watch would have better things to do than attack free speech. Perhaps he's deranged enough to think that he can incinerate criticism by weaponizing the power of the federal government to abridge the rights of citizens under the First Amendment. Frankly, he should resign in shame for his chronic incompetence compounded now by his malice. Mayorkas claims that he's only focusing on foreign disinformation. Don't believe it. In our increasingly interconnected and global marketplace of ideas and information, modes of communication draw no such distinction. I'll give you an example. There was credible evidence that COVID-19 leaked from a Chinese lab, but both Twitter and Facebook suppressed it under the pretense of foreign disinformation, despite domestic evidence that it was plausible. The other example is well known. Hunter Biden's laptop, incriminating as it was, was branded as Russian disinformation by a gaggle of unscrupulous former American intel officials who were determined to conjure up a lie to protect Joe Biden in advance of the presidential election. Details about the laptop were blocked on social media because it's all too easy to slap the label of foreign disinformation on what is really a cover-up of truthful information here in the U.S. Will the DGB fact-check Joe Biden and his obsessive lies? Don't count on it. You need a calculator to tally them all. CNN tried to do it. It recounted in a published column dozens of Biden lies in his first year alone. And that network is among Biden's biggest cheerleaders. Joe Biden falsely claimed that Vladimir Putin is to blame for inflation. Biden said automobile costs have gone down. He said you won't get COVID if you're vaccinated. He claimed that U.S. border agents whipped Haitian migrants. Pentagon generals never told him to maintain forces in Afghanistan. He said he was against the war from the beginning. Al-Qaeda is gone, he claimed. Biden also told whoppers about employment, wages, immigration security, and repeatedly misstated what Georgia's election law really said. His statements are all demonstrably false. Then there's Adam Schiff. He's the godfather of lies. But he's a Democrat, so in the liberal-run social media universe, lies are perfectly okay. Indeed, it's encouraged. But it's also hypocritical, since Biden and Schiff have pushed hard for censorship on the most popular platforms. As law professor Jonathan Turley observed, President Biden already has established himself as arguably the most anti-free speech president since John Adams. Turley is right. So from whence did this new suffocation of thought and expression arise? Well, I'll tell you 
Barack Obama's dirty fingerprints are all over it. He's the one who germinated the insane idea for this ministry of truth. That's the theory, at least, of Democrat Tulsi Gabbard, who stated that Biden is just a front man. And she's right. The former congresswoman noted that a mere six days before the DGB was revealed to the public, the ex-president openly railed against the evils of disinformation. He claimed that social media censorship doesn't go far enough. He demanded more aggressive government regulation. So in politics, really, there's no such thing as coincidence. One venal thought invariably leads to another more corrupt act. Almost overnight, Biden took his marching orders from Obama by establishing the Disinformation Governance Board. Biden and Obama are both lawyers. They well know that the Constitution prohibits the government from infringing on free speech rights and that any state-sponsored censorship must meet an exceedingly high burden. So they invented a subterfuge. They claimed the DGB would only focus on foreign disinformation, and they declined to say how it might be enforced. It's a clever feint. Until Joe Biden sixes censors on somebody, no constitutional challenge will be ripe. Or maybe their goal is to pressure companies like Twitter and Facebook to do their censorship dirty work for them. I listened to Obama's disinformation screed and found myself laughing at his indignant condemnation of what he called, quote, lies and conspiracy theories, end of quote. Quite the hubris coming from a president who, while still in office, did nothing at all to stop the spread of lies and conspiracy theories that vilified and defamed Donald Trump. Here's what I'm talking about. Declassified documents show that then-CIA Director John Brennan met with Obama in the Oval Office. The date was July 28, 2016. And Brennan advised that his intelligence agency had uncovered compelling evidence that Hillary Clinton had manufactured the lie that Trump was colluding with Russia. The president, Barack Obama, was informed that she approved a plan just two days earlier to smear Trump by framing him as a Kremlin asset. Her intent was to trigger an FBI investigation, then leak the disinformation to the media, improve her election chances, and distract from her own email scandal. It was a diabolical scheme. Did Obama take any action to expose Hillary's disinformation campaign against her opponent? No. Did Obama inform the FBI of the true facts and instruct Director James Comey to shelve his nascent investigation. No, not at all. Instead, Barack Obama allowed the lie to gain traction and to fester. Biden was in on it. The media predictably defiled Trump as a Russian stooge. The FBI escalated its probe, and a special counsel was appointed to conduct a dilating investigation that seriously hampered the new president throughout his four-year term. 
Obama, Clinton, and Biden are among the worst disinformation propagandists in modern American history. It's a farce for them to now embrace the mantle of righteous indignation over political lies. They're doing it now only because they fear the truth. It does not favor them. When a public leader cannot succeed by the merits of his accomplishments, he resorts to a cavalcade of lies to cover up his own malfeasance. He pushes a relentless series of false narratives. He seeks to undermine lawful discourse. This is Joe Biden. But now he's taking it a step further by stamping out dissent to prop up his failing presidency. It won't work. As I've noted before, Biden sits atop a house of cards that will come tumbling down under the weight of his own noxious policies and persistent incompetence. You see, freedom is the antidote to tyranny. It serves as an essential check on authoritarian rule. And the most precious freedom in our constitutional republic is enshrined in that esteemed document's Bill of Rights. First among them is the right to speak freely and to criticize our own government. If that freedom is extinguished, so is our democracy. Joining me now to talk about it is Carl Zabo, Vice President, General Counsel for NetChoice. He analyzes tech-related legislative and regulatory initiatives that impact online companies. He's also an adjunct professor of internet law at George Mason and at Scalia Law School. Carl, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate your taking the time. I want to get, first of all, just sort of your general reaction to Biden administration creating this disinformation governance board, which is is being disparaged, correctly, I think, as nothing more than a ministry of truth. What do you think of it? You know, a lot of people throw around the term Orwellian or 1984 kind of haphazardly, and, and I'm not one of those people. But when you see the government creating a division within our Department of Homeland Security, specifically designed to decide what is and is not truth for the American people, that is Orwellian. And this is fundamentally different from what we see from a private business, because unlike a private business, the federal government can put you in prison. And our founders knew of this problem. They understood it, and that's why they enshrined protections for us from this type of government censorship in the First Amendment. So this is incredibly scary. But at the same time, we're not just seeing it from the left. We're not just seeing it from the Biden administration. We've actually been seeing calls for government control of social media from the right as well. We've seen laws in Florida, laws in Texas calling for compelled speech, forcing private businesses and social media platforms to host content that they don't want to host. Right. And and so it cuts both ways. And it's just really scary when I see government getting involved in uh, free speech. To some extent, you know, Republicans have been complicit in this. They've been pushing for antitrust legislation in Congress. 
Um, you do have Governor Ron DeSantis, who signed a bill that cracks down on censorship and imposes hefty fines on social media companies that, for example, suspend accounts of political candidates. I think that strikes me as okay. But what what do you think? You know, I I'm an originalist. Uh, that's kind of where I land. It's kind of convenient that I teach at uh, Anton Scalia Law School by that fact. And I believe that private businesses are in the best position and the ones who should decide what is best for their users and their customers. If I, as a conservative, support decisions like Hobby Lobby, Masterpiece Cakes, and Citizens United, which are predicated on the notion that private businesses, not the government, can decide what to do, then that has to hold true even when my members upset me. Even when my members remove content from conservatives that I think should be up there, I need to remember and remind myself that, no, that's the right of a private business. And as much as I, you know, the simple analogy I sometimes think about is as much as I would love a Chick-fil-A sandwich on Sundays, I don't want the federal government or any government forcing them to be open against their business interests. Chick-fil-A is good seven days a week. Just that's my input. Um, Isn't this really an effort by, you know, Joe Biden and others around him to misappropriate the reins of government power to engage in wholesale censorship, suppression of free speech, so that he and Democrats, if they want, can peddle their own false narratives and discredit lawful discourse in a way crush dissent. Any criticism of those who currently control our government, which right now is Democrats. So it strikes me as a flagrantly partisan tool ripe for political manipulation of public thought. You agree? Uh, uh, I I couldn't disagree. I I wholeheartedly agree. It's terrifying what we're seeing out of this. And it can't be a coincidence that uh, this is coming only a couple of days after Elon Musk takes control of or uh, acquires Twitter. This can't be a coincidence. What you're seeing from Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter is kind of as you described, Greg, it is opening up the avenue for more free speech. And what does that mean? That means the Biden administration might have to hear some hard truths, hard truths from the American people who don't approve of what the administration is doing. And rather than letting the people speak, they are creating this uh, disinformation governance board, this ministry of truth, and they're helming it by a woman, Nina Jankowicz, who is almost a caricature of what you would expect out of an Orwellian novel with her Mary Poppins reenactment, with her uh, proclamations that the Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian disinformation scandal. I mean, this would be satire if it weren't so real, and it would be comical if it weren't so sad. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, any fair-minded person who examines the public record of Nina Jankowicz, uh, I called her a wackadoodle, but but especially the stuff she has on, on social media itself. I mean, people have to be scratching their heads and saying, seriously, of all the people in the world you picked her. And I, I make that statement because for a so-called disinformation expert, which is what she calls herself, Jankowitz has spent a lot of time disseminating lies and disinformation herself, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and 
if if the government were to ever do this, which I, I think is just ludicrous and a violation of our constitutional protections against such an effort, then you would need somebody who is more holy than the Pope to be the arbiter of this agency, who has to have so little partisanship in them that they would have been an unheard of person before this. But instead, to your point, Greg, they pick somebody who is, for lack of a better phrase, a partisan hack and is out there already making decisions on what is and is not truth. And in a way that we have later come to learn is 100% truth. And if she's up there to be the umpire, then we're, we're in a really tough position. But I think, Greg, it also gets into the question of what is disinformation, right? Disinformation is often in the eyes of the beholder. So we have uh, Nina Jankowitz saying that the Hunter Biden laptop is disinformation. It's Russian disinformation. Well, no, that's not accurate. Uh, Is a politician's promise that if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor disinformation when they actively knew that that was not true. Oh, yeah. The evidence shows that they knew it. And Obama said it up to 20 times. Exactly. And then you've got statements like the reason that inflation is high is because of Vladimir Putin. Right. I mean, so there's information's in the eye of the beholder. And that's why we have these First Amendment protections against the creation of these types of, quote unquote, disinformation governance boards. Now, one of the things that I find intriguing with the way that this has been framed is that the Biden administration is now trying to quickly backpedal and say, no, 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 this is nothing new. We've been looking for disinformation with the Department of Homeland Security. It goes back decades and administrations and uh, trying to make sure that everything is above board. But what's missing is where they are looking for the disinformation source. So historically, we would look to see if there is disinformation coming from abroad, intent by foreign actors to meddle with our nation. China, Russia, etc. Yeah, exactly. Iran. It, it, it's been going on forever. I mean, it, that's just the way it is. But it's the intel- intelligence communities that usually monitor that. And they do so, you know, in a covert way. And that information is then passed along to the president and others in in government, right? Right. But what what we're doing differently here is we're not looking at what's coming in. We're spying on Americans with this disinformation governance board. It's no longer looking at tweets from foreign actors. It's looking at tweets from next door neighbors. Right. And that's one of the really scary things. Now, the, the Biden administration is claiming that this is nothing new. But at the same time, they're saying we're creating this new disinformation governance board. Right. So it's either not new, in which case it's not new, or it's new, and (laughs) therefore it is new. And you can't have it both ways. I know there are some people out there (laughs) thinking that the disinformation governance board was actually going to be deciding if the statements from the president were accurate or not and (laughs) trying to clean those up. But unfortunately, it's being turned on the American Yeah, you'd need a massive department of thousands of people to try to sort that out. Um, I mean, conceptually, the whole truth Uh, The whole idea of a truth expert or a a national fact checker, I mean, it just seems utterly insane. I mean, the government is neither equipped nor competent to be the arbiter of truth. The people are. Uh, so, So shouldn't social media consumers decide for themselves 
what's the truth, what isn't the truth, what to believe, what not to believe. I mean, that's the tradition in America since the Bill of Rights was enacted. But instead, now you've got Joe Biden who wants the government run by political partisans who are inherently, almost by definition, biased. To tell us what's true, uh, you know, a political referee um, who is political. Uh, that's a recipe for corruptly motivated acts, I think. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, as uh, pointed out by a colleague of mine, there is an incentive to flag everything as disinformation. Just if you ignore the political motivations, just if you ignore the inherent uh, instincts of the Biden administration to flag anything that's a mean about them as disinformation. There is a moral incentive to flag things as disinformation, even if it's not. Because if you flag it as disinformation and you're right, everyone's like, okay, good. If you choose not to flag it as disinformation, it turns out to be a, a harm, then you'll get raked over the coals. There's a, a common phrase in governance. Uh, it's an acronym called CYA. It's cover your and you can figure out the last letter. Right. And that's going to encourage these arbiters of truth to be even more aggressive in flagging things as disinformation. And what does that leave us with at the end of the day? If we can't go on social media for other opinions or other information, we are left with, frankly, the legacy media. We are left with the CNNs, the New York Times, Washington Post, and the LA Times of the world to be the ones to tell us that's the way it is. And for Republicans, for conservatives, I'm sorry, but we're not going to get a fair shake under that legacy regime. We, we, we haven't in decades. And maybe that's the true intent here is to make social media not only uh, remove any dissenting speech, but appear so toxic that no one wants to... Uh, even engage on it. And they have to go back to the legacy media, which is beholden to the institutions and the powers that be and the people who have been in Congress since well before many of us were born, like Joe Biden. And they will be the arbiters of truth once again. And we can eliminate the dissenting speech and control the message. Yeah, I mean, who fact checks the fact checkers? That That's always been my beef. And I've been the target of fact checkers. When I first came out with uh, my original book, The Russia Hoax, I made <clears throat> the argument that collusion by itself is not a crime except in antitrust law. Now, there can be conspiracies and so forth that that's similar to collusion. So uh, a well-known fact checking group. Uh, you know, published a an article saying that I was absolutely 100% wrong. Several months later, when uh, the special counsel, Bob Mueller, came out with his report, verbatim, he repeated what I had said. Collusion by itself is not a crime. Then he went through conspiracies. He said it not once but twice. Never has that fact-checking organization ever corrected their mistake. And in fact, their fact check still exists on my Wikipedia page. So anybody who reads it is misled. Uh, and, and so this is yet another example. We're going to now turn fact checkers and news organizations into government fact checkers. And I, you know, I think the comedy and tragedy in all of this is that this DGB, 
which sounds very much like the KGB, <laughs> as many have pointed out. Um, it, it is, as you say, operated by the Department of Homeland Security under Alejandro Mayorkas, who through his own, I think, incompetence has managed to do almost nothing to solve the border crisis that grows worse every day. And so instead of focusing on a real problem, he's decided that the best way to solve all of this is to create a board that I suspect will lie about what's going on at the border, or at the very least suppress the truth about the border chaos, you know, under the guise of disinformation. Because as you point out, you know, you can call anything disinformation. I mean, disinformation at the end of the day is something that you don't want to hear. Uh, And that's the way a lot of people look at it. And, you know, one of the things that has been really eye-opening for me is, and I've gotten real whiplash on it. I probably need to go see like a masseuse is the 180 that Democrats have done on services like Twitter since Elon Musk announced that he's going to open up free speech. And now they're yelling, oh no, you can't let a private business do this. And you're seeing Mayorkas come out with his uh, disinformation governance board. And all of this, once again, is designed to control the message. And as, as I said earlier, you know, we see this from Democrats, we see this from Republicans. But I remember once upon a time when the Democratic Party was the party of free speech. They were the party of the anti-establishment. And it is clear that they are no longer that party. They believe that the their government, not the government, but their government can do no wrong. And anyone who says otherwise should be silenced, censored, and removed from all social media. And I think that is now being enshrined in the disinformation governance board. And one of the other components that I think is worth noting is that we're actually seeing some Republicans in Congress want to give this administration even more power, even more authority to either overtly or covertly for social media platforms to run the speech that the administration wants. There are a lot of questions being asked right now of how connected the administration was in leaning on social media platforms with regard to COVID information and the amount of content that could be uh, discussed there, how involved was Fauci and, and similar people on that. And now we are seeing efforts uh, in, you mentioned antitrust, some of the antitrust legislation we see in Congress to give the Biden administration even more power, even more leverage to force these free businesses to do what the Biden administration wants, not what their users, not what their customers, not what the American people want. As we wrap this up, uh, put your uh, thinking cap on as a lawyer and a law professor. Um, We don't know yet whether this ministry of truth will exercise coercive or punitive powers or, you know, in fact, how it intends to enforce a breach of what it considers to be disinformation speech. If it does take action, though, Carl, wouldn't wouldn't that constitute a violation of the First Amendment? Because that amendment prohibits the government from abridging the right of free speech. I, you know, Greg, that's exactly right. Uh, NetChoice, my company, is actually engaged in two lawsuits on the First Amendment against state action, forcing 
platforms to host speech that they don't want to host. And this is kind of moving in the opposite direction. The danger I see, however, with this disinformation governance board, with some of the activities we've seen from the Biden administration is the attitude of constitutionality be damned. Uh, We saw this with the rent forgiveness where President Biden went up and said, I know that this is probably illegal, but I'm going to do it anyways. And by the time it gets through the courts, it'll be too late. That's what I see potentially happening with this disinformation governance board. By the time it makes its way through the courts and it is shown to be clearly illegal, it'll be too late and the information will be lost and the Biden administration will have gotten what they wanted. And the damage done. And it wasn't just the eviction moratorium. It was the vaccine mandate. I mean, Obama Mm -hmm. knew he didn't have the, but he said so publicly, I don't have this power. Uh, and he did it anyway. And of course, it was it was knocked down by the U.S. Supreme Court. Same thing with the mask mandate, which has been rejected on judicial review. He knew he didn't have the power to do it, said he didn't have the power to do it. He even said it as far back as when he was campaigning for president. Oh, I can't make people wear a mask. And then he did it. And then it was rejected. Um, Gerard Baker, because you mentioned neighbors spying on, on, on neighbors, it made me think of the column by Gerard Baker today in the Wall Street Journal, and he he posed the following scenario. Um, Somebody calls the Ministry of Truth at DGB and reports that his neighbor is watching Fox News and labels it disinformation. The next thing you know, that neighbor gets a knock on the door by the government. Um, I had to laugh at that, uh, but then I started thinking about it. And, you know, arguably... That's where this kind of thing could be heading, as frightening as that is. Your final thoughts? My final thoughts are exactly this. There is a reason why our founding fathers created the First Amendment. They recognized the threat of government. They were afraid of government. And that's what makes America this shining beacon of democracy for the rest of the world. We are one of the only nations on the planet that has a constitutionally protected freedom of speech. Unlike our neighbors in Canada, unlike our neighbors across the pond in England even, or in Europe, the government cannot come in and tell you what to say, what to think, and tell private business what to say and what to think. And that is a constitutional protection that we hold so dear that we cannot, as Americans, we cannot, as principled free speech advocates, allow this disinformation governance board to exist. Um, if they do exist, they'll shut down this podcast. You and me both. Carl Zabo, uh, Vice President, General Counsel for NetChoice, uh, Adjunct Professor of Internet Law at uh, George Mason's uh, Law School. Carl, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for having me, Greg. And that's The Brief. Thanks for listening. I'm Greg Jarrett.